Um, so you guys would have heard, hopefully, been able to tune in for the last two weeks as Carl has shared what he feels that God has placed on our hearts and is calling us to as a church in this season. Last year, we had the series of Prepare, where we felt that God was calling us to clean and mend our nets and repair those things in our lives. And this year, that we were being prepared to stand. And so we haven't got the suit of armor this week, but hopefully that imagery helped to connect those things and going, this is an exciting journey and this is a season that God is calling us to. He looked at the story of David and how he was sent by his father to check on his three brothers who were out on the front line. He was sent to deliver bread and cheese to them and to give a report back to his father of how they were doing. But while there, he heard the taunting of Goliath. The battle became personal, and he stood up to take on the giant in front of him, and the rest is history, right? In this season, we believe that God is calling the church to stand up. We understand that there can be times when we sit in the chair and that is a beautiful space to be able to be. It's a place of rest where we heal and refocus. It's also a place of honor because of what Jesus has done for us. But it is not supposed to be the permanent posture of the church. In this season, we are being called to stand back up and engage in the battle for others to have the opportunity to hear about and respond to Jesus. I encourage you, if you have missed either of the last two weeks, to jump online or onto the app and have a listen to them. As we've been sharing on this, I went back and was reading through the story of David and Goliath. Isn't it amazing that we can know a story, you know, I've shared that story and kids' church and all those different things, but again, God still spoke new things, things that I had never seen before in the story. And they've challenged me and they've kind of stuck with me. And the first one was that as David arrived at the battle, he has an older encounter, he has an encounter, an older encounter, he has an encounter with his older brother, Eliab. And we read in 1 Samuel 17, verse 28, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking to the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Can you hear the attitude in his voice? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now, does anyone else read that and go, whoa, chill out, buttercup. Like, someone's a little bit hangry, do you reckon? Like, here, have some bread and some cheese. Like, But firstly, you'd think you'd be happy to see David. He was bringing him food. He was your know, family that was coming to see him and check in on him. But it struck me that not everyone is going to get and understand the battle that God has called us to. What it is that he is stirring within us and how deep the conviction is that this is God. Not everyone is going to understand the growing feeling and deep confidence that he could use us. That he could do something incredible. Eliab didn't get that what faced them and was inciting so much fear 
was literally no match for God. Eliab didn't understand the growing discontentment within David, that there was a bellowing giant insulting God, taunting and holding to ransom all that God had promised for his people. It wasn't going to be till afterwards that Eliab would understand. See, not everyone is going to get and understand what is really going on in your heart in the journey that we're on as a church. What God is beginning to stir in this deep need to do something about it. Eliab said to David, your heart is deceitful. Granted, throughout David's life, he had his struggles, but that wasn't his motive for wanting to step up and fight for what he believed was important. David had a deep conviction that what Goliath was doing wasn't right. He also knew that he couldn't walk away and literally just allow people to stay camped in fear while it happened. He had experienced God's hand with him and he knew that the battle did indeed belong to the Lord. And we hear him as he comes and he stands in front of Goliath in verse 45. <coughs> David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. It is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into my hands. What confidence. What a conviction in his heart. There are people there that were far more qualified than David. Well-trained, well-experienced soldiers. But God will often prepare us in the unexpected places. Perhaps the seasons that you have walked through, the places you have been, the jobs that we have, where we are positioned now, in God's hands, has really been training for the battle that others don't think is possible to win. We know that David was well practiced. He tells Saul when he comes to him that he has rescued his sheep and used his weapons against the lions and the bears and that God has delivered him then just as he would now. He knew that he did not fight in his own strength, that, he, that there will come a point when he would have to let go of that stone and the control would be in God's hands of where it landed. David had learned to be aware to step out, to reposition himself and trust that indeed the battle was the Lord's. See, the sling that David would have used would have had two pieces and a little holder at the bottom where he would have had his stone that he collected from the river. He had to swing it 
and get momentum and release part of it so that the stone would fly through its ear, through the air and hit its target. In that moment, as he released it, there was a moment when he was still just a young shepherd. He was an unknown in that army. It was his job to look after and protect sheep from the lions and the bears. But this had become personal. He found himself on the front lines, confronted with an enemy that for 40 days had his people camped in fear. They knew that in this battle, each warrior represented a god. It is not the warrior, but the god that they represented, who in the end will be glorified as the most powerful. David had a deep conviction that the battle belonged to the Lord. His role was to gather his resources, gather his stones, reposition himself in front of the giant. Look at the giant and start swinging his sling and release the outcome into God's hands. Simple, right? We read it and we go, yeah, of course, David slayed the giant. But can you think in that moment, as it's still flying through the air, he's still standing there. But we look at it now and we go, yeah, of course. Of course God came through. But what happens when God calls us? We find ourselves unexpectedly on the front line where others around us are camped and bound in fear. But we know that God is capable and we know that God is faithful. And the, the daily drawing up of the enemy lines should not be happening. Because that's what they would do each day. They would come out from their camps and they would draw up enemy lines and then they would sit in fear. This Goliath taunted them. The challenge is, as we begin to hear the enemy start to chant, are we willing to stand up? <laughs> this one maybe doesn't become so simple, right? But I think it's a season of weighing up our priorities, going, actually, what are the most important things? A um, couple of weeks ago, Ben and I bought a new car. We upgraded my one, and it was meant to be his one, but he was a very gracious husband, and we decided that actually my one was the next one that needed to be upgraded first. So I was like, woohoo! <laughs> and we were... <laughs> um, and we were so excited about it. And it's not like the flashiest of cars, but it was a significant upgrade from what we had. And you know when you upgrade, you're like, yes! And we were so excited about it. And then we were having this conversation. And we knew that there had been a series of events that God had actually opened up the doors. And the whole thing, we felt like God's hand of blessing had just been on it. It was quite amazing. And we were standing, we were so excited, and we were just so chuffed with this. And I said to Ben, I was like, man, what if God asked us to give it away? <laughs> ben turns to me, he's like, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to give it away either, 
but I don't want to hold so tightly onto the wrong things, to hold so tightly onto my blessings that I'm unwilling to release it if God's asked it of me in order for someone else to have an opportunity to encounter Jesus. If God asks us to release it for the sake of his kingdom, do we care enough about others' souls to go, I'll release it and trust God where it lands? It's easy to say, you can have it all, Lord, when you don't have much to give. But once you have a job, a car, a home, a family, a marriage, children, a healthy bank account, becomes a little bit harder. And I found myself recently coming back to the challenge of when I was 14. In youth, go youth on a Tuesday night because God can significantly change our life's course and momentums in those places, right, in those moments. And I remember for the first time truly surrendering my life to Jesus. And I was on my knees. And I said, Lord, if you can use my life, you can have it all. And that truly was my prayer in that space. And do you know what? I want that to continue to be my prayer. But as you get older and as things start to come, I find, man, it's a harder prayer, right? Because once you start to have stuff, you realize there's stuff to give away. It's easy when you go, you can have it all. Like, I'm 14, I had stuff all. (laughs) Now I've got stuff. And Jesus is like... Are you prepared to release it for, to a kingdom cause? Or are you going to hold so tightly onto your blessing that you miss what it's actually for? Oh, man! Last year, I heard the story of a young woman in North Korea, one of the hardest places in the world to be a Christian. It is literally named as the most persecuted nation of Christians. And this woman had a friend and they managed to escape over the border into South Korea for a little bit. And her friend was a Christian and she took her to the home and there was a pastor. And he had one night. And in that one night he shared with her everything that he knew about Jesus because he didn't know if he was going to get a second chance. And then the two girls the next day travelled back over and back there. Both their houses were raided by police and the pastor was never heard of. Like so many, he just disappeared. The woman went on to give her life to Jesus and she, alongside her husband, now serves him with a heart for her nation and her people. I haven't been able to shake that story and the opportunity that that pastor was willing to take, that in that space he was willing to lay down everything to go, this is what I've learned about Jesus, let me share it with you. It reminds me to consider what really matters. What is the most important thing? What are the things in my life that truly have eternal value? We know all about bubbles and we can very much live in one, right? Not just during COVID, but just 
in our lives in general sometimes. And what I've realized is that we need to make a consistent effort to pop our bubbles on a regular basis. Not anything COVID-related, do all that stuff. Like I'm not advocating for that. <laughs> I'm talking about our perspectives on the world and sometimes hear what our perspective can be. I'll often remind myself of the man that I saw when we did a team to Thailand. And his home was literally two metres by 1.5 metres and made out of five pieces of corrugated iron. I literally have a shelter for my car that is bigger and better built. And I'm challenged because what's my response when God says, I need you to release what's in your hands because his salvation matters. I don't think I'm ready for God to ask me, will you trust me with your life this side of eternity? So that person gets to hear about Jesus. But there are followers all over the globe who literally are willing to do that. But church, I believe there is a time that is coming when God is going to ask of our comfort, our resource, and our lives so that others have the opportunity to hear about Jesus. It's a real woohoo message for a Sunday, right? <laughs> Ben and I have been watching the, um, the Hobbit movies and the, the, and the Lord of the Rings movies and really enjoying it. And we were <laughs> sitting the other night and there's a moment where if you know the movie and they're about to go through the mines of Moria and they have a horse that has carried all their stuff with them and they go, this is no place for the horse to go. So they have to unbridle it and let it go. And I remember I was sitting on the couch and the Holy Spirit just goes, you can't take comfort into the battle. And he spoke to me about this season. We can't carry our comfort into battle for things that are this important. We can't carry both a sword and a suitcase and be as effective as we want to be in the fight. David couldn't wear Saul's armor and do what he needed to do. So I guess we're in a season as we stand up to the battle of going, what really matters? And I'm not saying we have to give away all the stuff in our lives because we know that God has blessed us and it is amazing. But let's not hold on so tightly to the blessing that we're unwilling to release it in order for others to have an opportunity to hear about Jesus. And it's scary do you know, as I was going over this last night, I realized that all day I'd had knots in my stomach because I was like, I don't want to share this. Because I know that often when you share it, then comes the challenge in the coming weeks. Like it just happens that way. I'm like, God, I'm not ready for this stuff. I don't know if I want to give away stuff. I don't know if I want to release these things. But weighing up, actually, what are my priorities? What are the things that I feel are of eternal value? And do I have the capacity in order to be able to create space for others to have an opportunity to hear about Jesus? And I think you know, maybe it must have been pretty scary when David was standing in front of Goliath, right? Like you, like, close your eyes right now. Close your eyes. Picture it. 
you're standing there in front of this huge human being and you have a slingshot and there are soldiers standing to the side watching you going, how's this thing going to go? There are things in our lives that we are going to stand up and we're going to face. We can look to Jesus. We can trust that the battle is the Lord and that actually what he has prepared us for, what he is calling us to, he is going to be faithful. As the team comes back, what lies on the other side? We position ourselves where we can see the Goliath. We see the battle. There are things in our lives that we're going to stand before and it's going to be that same feeling. But what lies on the other side? A miraculous story that echoes through generations. Where whose God was the one that won that day? Right? Who was the God who actually was all-powerful? Who was the God that was lifted up throughout all the lands on that day? You know, in our heart and our prayer is that we stand up and as we face the things that God is calling us to face, that on the other side of it will be the miraculous opportunity for more people to encounter Jesus. Because for us, that is the most important thing that Jesus is at the center of all that we do, that he is the one that is lifted up in our lives and that we continue to create opportunities for others to have the same encounter that we've been able to have with him, right? And just as the team sings, we're gonna sing whole heart this morning and I just encourage you, let it be your prayer. Go God, you know, maybe it's coming back to that space where you'll, You're like, Lord, if you can use my life, then you can have it all. (laughs) Maybe you're a little bit older and a little bit wiser and you know know what that prayer is going to cost. But I pray that will be our hearts. Because on the other side of it, we want to see miraculous salvations. We want to see people have incredible encounters with Jesus. We want to see our God lifted up in his name, known throughout the lands for the miraculous things that he's done. Thanks, team.